recording. Hopefully these batteries work. Excellent. Got a battery issue, listeners. We had a battery issue last time we recorded as well. Bit of a theme of the season. Yeah. Um, these are new batteries. They're just not showing up as new batteries. Anyway, where are we? Dave? We're at Dayton Family Brewing Company. Is that what you call it? Dan? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, I Dan- believe the official title is Dayton Family Brewery. Brewery, right. Oh, okay. man. That's a mouthful. You know what's one of the hardest things? Keeping track of who's a brewery, a brewing company. Uh, just They just call themselves not a brewery. Everyone... And breweries themselves will change it. You look at their website and it will be like so-and-sobrewery.com and then their actual name will be Brewing Company. Hey, brewers, keep track of it. Uh, look, yeah. to be honest, we're not, uh, as a collective, uh, you know, that forwards thinking I wouldn't have thought. If you look at my email, it is Dainton Brewing. Yeah, and then, uh, yeah, <laughs> so is our website. No, is it? Yeah, I think it is. So that <laughs> prime yeah, example. Nice and confusing, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we what? make we make cider too, so you know that, and don't beer. I don't know. It's really confusing. And Barocca, you're you're drinking. Is it Barocca? Or uh, yeah, it's Barocca. Now we what suburb are we in? This is Caram Downs. Uh, so yeah, I had never heard of Caram Downs before I came here. Near Frankston ish. It is. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Kind of. Um, if you go from Frankston, that sort of yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right next to Seaford. If you drive from Frankston to Dandenong, we're in between. Hmm. Let's run through some news. Sure. So I'm really excited to chat. Just before that, we're drinking Insane Uncle IPA, and we just had some beer pork jerky. Mm. It's very smoky. What a pair that is as well. Yeah, that was really wow. fun. Yeah. News there, no? Uh, Lagunitas and Goose Island mm-hmm. have announced... Incoming. They're incoming. Did you hear this, Dan? I heard Goose Island being made by CUB now. Is that uh, correct? They're going to be made in at Cascade, Cascade Brewery. Yeah. At Cascade. Okay, great. Which is going to be interesting. Hmm. They That's can make good beer if they want. Yeah. That's the best way to do it, though. Yeah. Hmm. Um, awesome brewery tour there that I did. Uh, I can recommend that. If you're in Tassie, it's in a, a beautiful place, and it'll be even more interesting. With the building itself is pretty spectacular. Yeah. Right and with Goose Island beers, you'd you'd hope they started pouring them at the, at the bar they have, because it's this kind of garden area. But, like, when we were there, they kept it really on the, on the sly. Like, there's Matilda Bay kegs and... Apparently, some tours they talk about the fact they brew Matilda Bay there. Other tours, tour guides won't mention it. But they were like, in the article in, on Brews News, the, they were sort of saying that like they want to make it their champion yeah. brand. So like, if that's what their stance is, yeah, you'd hope so, wouldn't you? Yeah, I'd love to go down to Cascade, go to that, sit in that gardens, listen to a band, drink Goose Island, and and fresh fat yak would be actually be pretty nice. Yeah, it's a, it is a beautiful spot. Yeah. One thing that still resonates with me about that tour is they talk about the um, when they started up, they did the uh, workers' uh, like lunch or it was like their smoko, yeah. and they brewed a, a beer in-house that was 13%. Wow. Yep, and there's photos of them with these Pluto guns. Oh, look at that pizza. Fantastic. Oh, amazing. We won't chew online, I've heard. <laughs> um, I might. But, uh, yeah, yeah, a 13% beer that you, um, yeah, they basically, you can drink as much as you like, I think, for 20 minutes in your break, then you go back to work. It's something we're looking at implementing here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure work, work and Probably a little bit more uh, red tape than there was uh, back then, I reckon. Um, the other one was Lagunitas, and they haven't actually announced a distributor yet. They emailed everyone in the media, which is really interesting. They emailed the media and said, we're doing the sample program where you can, uh, you know, we'll send you out samples all the time as a, as a media person. And I replied and said, great, you know, can I share this with the public? And they said, oh, we don't actually have a partner to distribute the beers yet, so hold off. Bruce News reported it. Um, 
But so I'm guess I can report it now. But I thought it was interesting. Yeah, I don't actually. The but it's, it's I kind of I think an interesting thing is that they're reaching out for the like it's like they're running before they can walk a little bit. Like yeah. get your details right first, maybe. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. Tell us about it, but don't tell the media that you haven't got something ready for them. Mm. Anyway, uh, but that's another fun one. Yeah. Um. Hop hash. Hop hash. Yeah. Have you heard of hop hash, Dan? I have. Yeah. What is it? Um. I believe hop, hop hash. Quiz. Yeah, I, I believe hop hash is uh, the concentrated um, uh, hop. It's not the hop oils. It's basically boiled down hops in a can, I believe. Okay. Um, so, yeah, it's basically you, you get like a 35% alpha acid um, tin. Um, so used really only for um, for kettle additions uh, for, for bittering. There is another one, a hoppy powder coming out as well, mm. I believe, um, Bintani are looking at, which is slightly different. Um, so there's who, who's been using them currently? Well, so the hop hash, the one that I'm thinking of, is slightly different to the... So the Bintani one is the powder, the ex- extract kind of one, that's the bittering unit. But there's another one that I think it's Crosby Hop Farms okay, um, yep, in the States, yep. and it's Hopco are bringing it in through Hopco here, and, and they're Tassie-based. And basically, they get the palletizing equipment, and they palletize all the hops, and they scrape all the crud that's left over, and then compact it into a brick, and make hop hash. And S- apparently, it is super delightful. high, yeah. high, high, super high alpha acid. Um, I think Young Henry's, someone else in Sydney got some, and Mountain Goat got some as well. Yep. Uh, so Mountain Goat are launching their beer next week with it. Uh, I think it's called Hashtag IPA. Uh, yeah, interesting product. So, do we know like an, any like negatives to using that kind of? Like um, there's not much of it available. Right. Okay. So, like, you couldn't make a so core yeah, you, yeah, you couldn't depend um, on it, right? But it's super, super concentrated, and I guess we'll find out how the beer comes out next Friday or. Okay. But yeah, look, yeah. Look, it sounds like there's pos- possible benefits of um, being able to get more in your kettle or your whirlpool, or whatever you like. So if it's more concentrated, the oils are actually more concentrated as well. Mm. Yeah, look, yeah, you might be able to come up with a hoppier beer. Um, who knows? Though it sounds like if it's been baked on in the uh, the dying process, it could have lost a few things. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, it's kind of um, it's kind of fun to see that. Um, a mountain goat, uh, like sort of on the cutting edge of that sort of thing, sort Definitely. of experimentation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I've, I've admittedly spent a lot of time at Mountain Goat recently um, for, for reasons which will become apparent soon. But um, yeah, really, really good to see those guys still pumped about brewing fun beer, um, even even now. Still owned by by Asahi. Speaking of ownership, a couple of buyouts since we last recorded. Yep. Um, Brew Brewery bought Mildura Brewery. No one saw that coming. No, and even does anyone after care? The fact, yeah, I yeah, I thought that's about right. Mildura did so, did some good beers or do some good beers. Yeah, they did a sour a couple of years ago. It was fucking delicious. And they did that um, chocolate cake beer that was kind of fun. Yeah, wasn't there over the top. They were definitely one of the earlier uh, brands that you know you'd s- you'd see when you were st- when I was starting out in the craft for, sure. for 2010 Absolutely. they were around there was one that I enjoyed that I can't really remember the Mally Bull that was uh, yeah that was yeah, a good one that? Yeah. that was like an amber yeah, it's kind of like sort of a yeah, weird the showcase. English amber thing there was another fruited one but like that's all I remember they did like an it. elderflower sour or something like two or three years ago and it was they called it Lambic which grated me a little bit sure, but of course. delicious 
Don't call it Lambic. But it's delicious. <laughs> but I still <laughs> like wonder what I've tried not to laugh. <laughs> what's the asset, though? That if your brew, what's the, what's the asset? Just I have no idea. How big's their brew? It's like 20 heck. It's, uh, it's, I think it's, do they do two times 20 heck batches? Okay. Um, I reckon they might even be bigger. I reckon they might oh, be. really? Yeah, I reckon they might get up to 80 hectares. Because they do a lot of contract brewing, don't they? They, they have done, yeah, 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 yeah. We made some of our earlier stuff out of there. Yeah, right. Um, it wasn't actually too bad, like, yeah, faultless, well, really. That's how big the yeah. system is. Maybe it makes a bit more sense. But I've heard um, Stefano, the former owner, talk about beer and, and beer and food. And dude's really passionate about beer and, and food, which is, you know, he's a good ambassador because he doesn't seem like he's a, he's a chef. Um, he's... Re- reasonably famous as you know TV kind of things, and have, having someone like that passionate about beer and food is, is Good great. Good voice for it, yeah. Um, I think he's, he's Italian, so he's got that kind of you know when he's talking about food, it's passionate. So uh, it'd be interesting to see now that they're owned by Brew, the strange contract brewery, how that's going to go. Anyway, I think it might be irrelevant. Let's move on. Um, the other also one, Hawthorne <laughs> yeah. Brewery, the contract brewery. Were bought by um, what's the name of the group? Dixon Group. Dixon Group, yeah. That own Beer Deluxe. And ah, yep, yeah. yep. Which I thought was interesting. Um, a contract brewery being sold. I don't know what you really. I don't buying. know what you're buying. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, it suits most of their venues, not the Beer Deluxe ones, but I think yeah. their other ones yeah. probably does. Yeah. It I is. I think they did pretty well with their Australian IPA a couple of years ago when they. Mm. Did Brought that out? I don't think I've ever had that, but um, um, no, I've never I've seen it. Their beers over the years have been really good. Um, I had their pale, and this is probably four years ago that I last had it. But I remember thinking, "Shit, this is way better than I expected it to be." But they just kind of—I forget—they—they they kind of seem to fall off the radar a bit. And so now with this, we're probably going to see a lot more of them. I think um, it's also—I've got a mouthful of food. Um, the very traditional uh, yeah. labeling. <laughs> yeah. They look like surpassed in the market, I think, perhaps. They, c- they kind of have that Grand Ridge kind of feel on the labelling where it's You see them on the shelves and nothing oh, stands uh, out. Uh, yeah, hang on. I'm just going to put it out there. I think they're a little way ahead of that those guys. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, 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 in terms of labelling, though, I think... has the same kind of error, but as yeah. far as... Oh, look, I'm putting my foot in here. Um, I think it's a little different as yeah. far as finished product goes, anyway. Not not the beer product, but um, the label product. I can comment on other people's labels because uh, I've had some shockers myself. So. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that. I'll ask you about that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, the other interesting sort of things, kind of related to that, and, and I imagine that they're going to use Hawthorne as kind of a, a, a spearhead brand across the Dixon Group. Um, Endeavour who are opening up their brew pub in The Rocks in Sydney. And their contract brewery, um, now they're moving to, to doing their own production eventually. And they want to open up more brew pubs down the line. Uh, so they want to have that kind of brew pub model going out. Yep. Hemingway's in uh, Port Douglas, they're opening up a big Cairns brewery that has a brew pub model. And I spoke to the owner and he's really keen to do more of that. He wants to have Hemingway's in Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne. So they've got really big ideals for that. And um, Rockpool Group which is sort of was Neil Perry that was bought out by a private equity company. Uh, and they have a lot of restaurants. They do the Munich Beer House. The, the yeah, yeah. And they had their own brand of beer that was really sexual labels and 
really terribly branded. Mm. Like every beer had like really seductive ladies on it. Still does. They rebranded their thing as Urban Craft Brewery. God, this is getting really com- complicated. Mm. Um, so them and Rockpool were starting to put out beers and brew pubs under that Urban Craft Brewery Rockpool thing. Right. So there's a l- there's a lot of money being poured into brew pubs at the moment yeah. uh, with interesting levels of beer. By all accounts, Hemingway's are doing good beer. Endeavour have a really good brewery. But I think board. it's like, um, I think it's unless you're doing a really bad job of it, a brew mm. pub's a really attractive model business to have. Definitely. Is it? It is. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, look, I, I think uh, there's a certain size that makes sense, and there's a lot to do with locality as well. Like, here, we're really, we're not in the middle of an industrial estate, but we are on the edge of one. Um, we're not really near any other infrastructure as far as, you know, there's, there's really only businesses and residences. There's no, say, mall or anything like that here. So we've been lucky to sort of capture a market here. Um, I think for me, the idea of having a brew pub somewhere in, say, the CBD, it's an extremely expensive exercise just to do with real estate. So look, it's something we've looked at having another spot as well it's just trying to find the right amount of people um the right sort of venue that's going to work for you know rent or if you buy it um and then having you know a sizable sort of you know uh brewery in there that's going to work too because you know that brewery's taking up a fair bit of space you could just have people in um or seats because you were brewing at portland portland hotel weren't you i was Mm. at portland hotel yeah so rebranded as the crafty squire now yep yep um so you'd have that the insight to brewing at a brew pub yeah, yep, yep. And look, you know, that functioned really well because it was a very small brewery uh, and then they had a, another large brewery um, that was, you know, pumping in another uh, 8 to 16 different beers, I believe, at the time. Um, obviously owned by Lion, uh, now owned by Kieran. So, you know, they had Heineken available to them and, and the whole James Squire range. So I think that works. Um, if I think uh, Four Pines do something similar too, but though they started with a small brew pub. And that's their plan, isn't it? To they're rolling out more venues, Four Pines. I'm not sure. I think yeah. they announced yep. that a while ago, yeah. Okay, cool, yeah. yeah. It takes a little bit of managing because you've got two separate businesses there. Um, and that's one thing that we've really struggled with here is you know, trying to manage uh, a pr- proper production brewery that kind of works as a brew pub as well. So it's, it's quite large um, in its scope in that way. So, you know, and then we've got like a, uh, a, a basically a, a Salador cafe, restaurant um, that runs, that needs someone to sort of run that too. So, yeah, there can be a fair bit of work in, in, the, in that model. Hmm. It's, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out with brew, uh, people like that. It's almost market, market speculation when you look at the Rockpool one. That's private equities behind that. For sure. Um, Quadrant, uh, the private equity company that owned that. I used to work for a company that was owned by Quadrant for a while. Uh, I'm sure they don't listen, and I don't work for them anymore, and I can say they fucking gutted that company. They gutted it. A lot of good friends were made redundant, and then they sold us off for a really attractive fortune, and it was horrible to work for in that hostile environment. So, yeah, interesting to see how that plays out for um, we'd, brew pubs. We'd love to welcome them to the brewing industry. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nasty scene. Uh, and unrelated to that... Um, I wanted to mention the Crafty Pint article written by Kerry McBride this week uh, about exploitation in the brewery industry. Yeah, what a great article. Yeah, it was interesting. Um, interesting seeing that going up on the Crafty Pint. He's kind of, I know that he struggles with being, you know, fair and, and sort of having to, to always praise the industry 
but um, this was a pretty hard-hitting journalism in terms of getting people saying they are being ripped off by their bosses. Yeah, look, it really struck a chord with me, and I, I really wanted to respond to it. I just haven't yet. Um, I sort of read through it, and then I went and thought about it as well, and I was like, oh, well, you know, as a, as a employer and someone who's worked in the industry, I was like, oh, well, is there some truth in that for me? Like, have I done that to people? And look, I can honestly say that we've had volunteers before and they've always been looked after and everyone gets paid here, much the same as what Moondog do. So, you know, I can kind of go, we're fine, though I can definitely see where it's happened. Um, Although, uh, uh, you know, I think on the other side of the foot too is that, you know, people are very keen to get into the industry and they are willing to give up some of their time for sure. You know, like you kind of got to have a little bit of common sense and go, if you are working 80 hours a week and getting paid for 40 in any industry, that's not on. Um, so, yeah, I think you just have to kind of be a bit brave about A really interesting example was um, Derek from Bad Shepherd mentioned he's got a guy who's retired that comes out and comes down and helps him on bottling days. And I think Derek said to him, you know, pay you for this and the guy's like no no i just want to do it and there are a lot of people around the industry that just want to do it um but once it gets into that as you said 80 hours a week 40 was it getting paid for 40 hours yeah you have to really just if you're anywhere near it you've just got to be very aware of it all the time i think Mm. um but i guess with any like rapidly emerging industry people are going to be thinking about it and it's going to happen more than people think and it's good to keep people or be kept yourself in check sometimes just to be mindful of it and and things have gone from you know two people brewing in a shed and opening up a cellar door kind yep. of a thing to you're competing with private equity and you're growing rapidly and things are happening it's tough yep yeah i think there's also something um yeah and, and this i relate directly to this is you go from look we definitely went from being a, a gypsy contract brewer um straight into production here and it's extremely different beast too and i think what yeah, immediately was ha- you're running a much much bigger business Def- yeah. definitely and then you sort of step you know for me i had to sort of step out of the brewer role um and and in a more of a, a managerial kind of role and then all of a sudden you're like hang on like I come, I've come from being a brewer, really just working with myself and one other person to now having 15, 20 people here. I, I don't really have a lot of managerial skills too. So, you know, for me, I was like, wow, like I just, I'm actually really out of my depth. Yeah. And, um, you know, the, the start of this year, I sort of had to address that and go, okay, right, there's just so much going on that, you know, hasn't sort of been, um, I hadn't taken responsibility for. And that took a fair bit of my time and insight to kind of go, okay, I need to step up. Um, and you know it's been really great since I've been able to do that. Uh, though I think you know other people who had been in my position all of a sudden um, you know uh, they start winning some awards and people start wanting more and more beer. It's just like wow, we're so far ahead of ourselves that we don't know what we're doing. And, and that was definitely true f- for me. Um, and it's been really interesting to kind of go, oh 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 dang, <laughs> yeah, I'm in <laughs> over it now. <laughs> well, that's um, my you know my background for the last decade was corporate. And I've seen redundancies and done staff management and all that shit. And seeing how that goes down in breweries when these things happen, either cutbacks or, or growth, it's handled so badly in a lot of breweries. And as you said, you had to address it as a, as a, a brewer to suddenly you're managing people. And managing people is hard. We always feel good about um, people doing very well and doing well enough that it's this rapid growth and rapid expanse but um 
there's a lot of other stuff along with that that has mm. to be thought about. It's not just about making heaps of beer. Oh. Maybe we'll take a quick break and we'll ask you how you went about that and how you changed your operation sure. since then. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Right. cool. Fizzy yellow beer. Yes, it uh, is. Really, is a German style pilsner. Um, that's what it is. Yeah, uses really decent quality malt, castle molding pills, um, and yeah, a couple of different types of noble hops. So yeah, it's just I was saying to Luke that um, on Wednesday night when it was super hot after work, I went and did um, barefoot bowls, and if this was on tap, it would the cake would have been dry because <laughs> this is exactly the kind of beer you want for that sort of. It is. Know. It's really a sessionable, decent lager that's you know i think it's still such a great beer you know like it just gets such a bad rap because we've had a lot of mega swirl pumped out over the years and yeah but well, make it well make it clean and yeah people are gonna be happy with it yeah they are and then they want to pay you about 50 bucks less a keg for uh, an apa or something like that for some crazy reason but there you go we want um, we want 190 kegs that's a whole different podcast, yeah, surely. Really yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, lager. Like, it is a little bit of sweetness there. But it's nice and dry. It's lovely. I like it. Uh, biscuity, I think, is a little bit yeah, of biscuity in there. Yeah. And yep. Yeah, I get a, a reasonable amount of uh, clean business on it as well. Mm. Um, yeah, I think it's well balanced. The, the anxiety around lagers that everyone has, you know, and we kind of had to have that discussion as well. We just seen of, you know, on a hot day, it's good, but like... I think we're kind of getting to the point where we can just enjoy lagers these days and be okay with it. And oh, for sure. Yeah. How long do you hold it for before you package it? It's about it's only about 28 days, yeah, okay. I believe. Yeah. Yep. Um, I know it's a headache for small brewers. Like, just taking up that much space, that much time is just not tenable. But if you yeah, can get it done, yeah. Yeah, look, you can. Yeah, I think the longest we've done one for is 28 or 29. Um, and our, most of our hells are around about 20, 20 days residency time anyway. We like to give them a little bit of um, cold cold time. Yeah, you could punch from that in 12 days if you want. Though we've all tasted uh, diastyle bombs before, so you don't need that. Um, now, we mentioned just before we uh, paused just then about growing and, and managing staff. Um, and you said you kind of went away and had to learn how to manage staff. What did you learn? What was your kind of takeaways from that? And how did you do it? Yeah, sure, sure. I, look, to be honest, I don't know if I went away and learnt um, how to manage them any better. It was more of just me being aware of, of what was going on and what was needed. And, you know, what was needed was a lot more of my time and attention than I'd been sort of focusing in that area. Um, you know, as a small business owner, you do have a finite amount of time. It's a lot more time than you do in a normal job. I um, mean, you never switch off. Though I think the one thing to really click for me was taking responsibility for the performance of myself and my staff as well and going, well, you know, I can't just dump stuff on these guys and expect them to perform. I really have to be responsible for helping them do what, you know, we've agreed on. And I also have to do what I said that I was going to do too. And that's a big one for a boss. You kind of have to go, hang on, I said I was going to do that. Now I better do that because you can't expect the staff to do that otherwise. So that was a really big one for me, and that's I had to go back and do a lot of things. That's an insane management lesson that I don't think it's taught enough. Is do what you say you're going to do. 
and then your staff will respect you if you just do those little things. Yeah, it's got to come from the top down, for sure. So what are you doing differently now then? Yeah, yeah. I am um, really a lot more available, I think, to my staff. So, you know, that might mean a phone call at 11 o'clock on a Saturday night or, um, you know, getting up at 7 a.m. to help unload tanks um, and just being around a bit more um, and also helping set up some systems for everyone too. So I can step away if needed, but they know that I'm there and if I say I'm going to do something, it gets done. Um, and probably, yeah, really, especially with the brewery, not assuming that I, not assuming stuff, just jumping in there and not being afraid to ask silly questions. I think, you know, I, I sort of had a bit of an ego or a bit of pride. You know, oh, I know what I'm doing. I've worked in breweries before. But then when you open up your own one, you've got to relearn the whole thing. And I think there was probably a bit of, um, yeah, that pride or ego getting in the way of me asking questions where I thought, I really should know this. Um, so I had to go and do that. And, you know, um, you know it, was, it was all completely fine just in my, in my head. Um, but yeah, just being across everything and, and really being responsible for the whole operation is probably something that I think I'd allowed my old man to take a fair bit of responsibility or I just assumed that he would. And now I don't assume that. Not that he doesn't take responsibility. It's just that the buck has to end with me. So yeah, it's been a really big, a really big lesson. Was there like an event that was a catalyst to uh, prompt you to do this or was it just like a moment of self-awareness that you thought I need to really uh, be across all this? Yeah, sure, sure. Um, there was probably, probably not really an event in work. Um, I'd done a couple of self-help seminars out of work and they definitely illuminated some things to me even in my personal life that was related to this. And I was like, wow, if I'm not doing that here, then I can't be doing that there. Um, and you know, a big, uh, one of those big things was being responsible. And I was like, wow, if I'm not being responsible there, I can't, I can't really ask other people to be responsible. So that, that was a huge one for me. And that happened. And I came back after a weekend away. And um, you know, I was really busy changing my bar manager about, look, you know, there's some things that I haven't done that, that I'm going to get done. You know, there's some stuff here in your contract too. I didn't say contract. Um, I said some stuff here too that, you know, we've agreed on that, you know, I'd like you to look at as well. And anyway, um, it turned out to be a really heated discussion in the end. And, um, yeah, he really didn't like being mentioned that, you know, we were changing a few things and yeah, ended up um, parting ways after that. And that was really tough, um, really hard for both of us, I'm sure. Um, and after that, um, yeah, we sort of had, I'm just trying to think of a nice way to put this. Um, I had a very similar conversation with quite a few staff members. Um, most of them have stayed and some have gone, I don't think that I want to do that. I don't want to be responsible for stuff. Um, and that was bloody difficult, uh, cause they could now see that I was being responsible and they was like, nah, I kind of want to do the job I was doing it the way before. I'm like... Yeah, we can't do that because um, we're losing money. So, yeah, look, it was really, really difficult. Um, probably yeah, I'm sure it was months. really difficult at the mm. time, but I guess like you were just fast tracking that happening anyway at some stage. I imagine, I, I, right? I, I so, think, I think so, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, look, a lot of that was me having to go back and saying, look, the, here is a bunch of stuff that, that I haven't come through on. Now here it is, um, and, but here's some stuff that you know we need to do this moving forwards. Um, and yeah, we really had one, probably one guy blew up and two other guys just said, understand, get it, no dramas. And, and we've actually parted ways really, really well, really amicably. 
um, which has been great. Like, and it allowed them to sort of come back to me and go, hey, you know what? Yeah, I don't think that's that's for me. Um, I, was, I was like, wow, I, I was blown away with their sort of integrity and, and authenticity on it as well. So, yeah, restoring yeah, that in the business has been, yeah. it's been tough, but really good. Like, we've got a much much more cohesive team now than, than we had before. And have you noticed any, like, tangible differences since then, um, since you've sort of, like, adjusted the way things operate? Um, as far as um, profitability goes, yeah. Yeah, we have. Um, we had a really great jam, which sounds crazy. I, I think, um, you know, it's generally quiet time for jam, but jam is excellent for us. Um, but that's also really positive, like, for you to see that uh, on, on paper. Yeah, yeah. Look, it is. You know, papers, papers, obviously extremely important. Um, I'm a really big feel kind of guy as well, and I can just tell that the place is feeling better. And and um, then the stuff on paper starts coming through. We've got some pretty big meetings coming up um, with some majors and stuff like that as well, which have just sort of happened. Um, I think sometimes with some majors, major retailers. Yeah, yeah. So not major breweries. There's no buyouts in there. No, no. Someone mm. did say that to me the other day. They're like, <laughs> hey, you guys got bought out?" And I'm like, "Really? <laughs> I'll just give Dad a call. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Check your uh, bank balance. Yeah. Am like, yeah. I? Do I still have a job? <laughs> yeah. Well, um, um, does yep. speaking of the majors, has your packaging transition to cans uh, affected uh, the way that's gone? Um, I believe, uh, if you mean the new look, um, has that helped um, in that in in the majors looking at us? I, I I'd have to say I guess so. Um, I, I don't really know what they or felt even like beforehand. not even the way the brand's presented, but just the fact that you are in cans. Yeah, look, I think you know it, it's still a small percentage of the market. Look, you guys probably know what that percentage of can. Stuff is no. Oh, God, I, I don't I, think anyone knows. Yeah, no. yeah I, I, I don't, but I think so. But uh, look, to be honest, I think the main thing for us was um, having probably having our own brewery and having a more consistent supply of product out there. We had some pretty big supply issues for quite some time. In fact, for the whole bloody time. So now that we've got consistent supply, that's consistently beer out there. We do have a pretty strong presence, especially in Melbourne. Um, I think that helps these big guys go, well, these guys are serious. Okay, they do have a, a serious operation. Uh, and we, when you are talking to those big guys, it's can you supply them, but also if they cut you off for whatever reason, are you still going to be okay? Is this kind of a big discussion? Is that kind of weighing on your discussion from your end? Um, yeah, look, it's, it's always a concern that if they cut you off, there's a pretty big hole left there. Um, but no, sales have never been an issue as far as I'm concerned. I, you can always find them somewhere. Um, I come from a, a sales background and you know I have a pretty firm belief in that if something needs to happen, you either make it happen or you don't. You know, um, There's plenty of times where people don't want stuff to happen. And um, you know, the challenge has been for us is to actually get the brew house up to a stage where we know what it can do. And that was coming back to me before feeling, you know, I was, it was almost like I had some ego thing or some fear of looking silly and not really knowing what we could do in the brew house. And now we have a really great idea. That really helps with us being able to forecast um, and go, okay, cool. Look, we can make this amount. If we sell it to these guys at this amount, then that equals this and that equals that. The bar can do this. And you have fallback positions as well. So we're in a much stronger strategic position to kind of go, we need these sales here, here, and here. 
we know what we're going to make off those guys and those guys. And yeah, sure, look, we're going to run it. You know, we um, uh, we, we're going to run a greater efficiency here. Uh, but you know, look, we've also got other avenues too. Like you know, we can rent out equipment for gypsy brewers. Like if if we go in and say um, first choice, and then they go, yeah, we don't need that hundred thousand liters for the next three months. You're out. We can find that somewhere else. We can sell tank space. You know, we can develop another beer under another name. It can be done. It's really for us. It was about getting the production right, um, and we're still still working on it. Yeah. We talked a bit about um, uh, cans and how it presents. I mean, you've you've changed your uh, design uh, around your marketing with that. How is that? Sort of, how did you come about that? Uh, and how is that reflected in the market? Um, how is it reflected in the market? Yeah, because you've got a pretty much a pretty um, consistent uh, design around your can packaged goods uh, versus the bottled products had more variation around the labels and that sort of stuff. Has that had a tangible um, difference to you in the packaged goods that you've sold? It's made my life easier because um, I can just change the colours on the label now. Um, and look, that, that believe it or not, that, that was something to kind of go, oh, I can just have a heap there ready to go. Though, um, and I'll get to your point, I just wanted to say that I, I really enjoyed doing all the old labels. Yeah, it's great sure. fun. So the I old labels... Um, I think we talked about this when we first talked to you know, two years ago now. Something um, like that in the studio, yeah. And they were yeah. all based around sort of family, family members, members and things yep. like that. So that's kind of being phased out, is that what? It's it's being phased out of the core stuff, yeah, definitely. Um, it'll come back at some point into the limited stuff. I really love that idea and I, I still think it has great legs. We still really want to focus on the fact that we are a family brewery and, you know, we are focused on having a good time, you know, sharing great beers, um, and yeah, just about the enjoyment of the product and the actual ride, because you know it's um, it's two two people really that have just about murdered each other a few times, but um, that's all right. We are father and son. Business well. goes, I guess, as well. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, that was going to be one of my questions. What's yeah. it like working with your dad? Yeah, yeah. Look, I'll, I'll get onto that. I'll just ask about. I'll just finish off about the labels. The idea b- behind the new packaging was. I wanted a product that was going to be able to pass what I call the barbecue test, which is you can take a barbecue, a pack, six pack of this beer to a barbecue anywhere in Australia and not be criticised for drinking a fancy craft beer. That, that, that was really the brief that we gave our designer. Um, you know, I wanted to be able to sell more beer, you know, and we'd done a survey, um, a Google Sheets survey, and might have only been 200 or 250 people who answered it, but a lot of people came back and said, I wouldn't buy your beer because it looks too creepy or too weird or I don't get it. You know, um, some small amount of people loved it. Some small amount of people really loved the quirky um, poems I wrote on the side. But more people were put off. And I was like, oh, Well, I think on a a different level, um, I think I'm one of those people. But for a different reason, when I pick up your bottle, knowing you and I see all that, I really enjoy it. But when I'm confronted with a big fridge full of beers, I think you're current can design with the clean logo and it says what the style is there that sticks out to me more than a more busy image sort of becomes fuzz in the fridge you know what i mean De- definitely and i could just see that sometimes i'd i'd look at like an instagram post or something and i'd be posting it or dainton family brewery would be posting it i'd spend like 30 seconds trying to find my beer in there i'm like wow it, it really doesn't stand out either so you know so like, other- so like when you're looking at it it's great but half the half the battle that all small brewers are 
fighting for is getting the beer in the hand in the first place so you can have people looking at your label. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, look, I, I think you know, the idea was, yes, you, you really want to pop. And if, if a, um, you know, a beer nerd, someone like myself, like you guys, wants to know more about it, we're going to find out. We'll, you know, we'll go, oh, well, hang on, where's this? It's got a little bit of info on it. Okay, well, I could probably jump on Untapped or Rate Beer or the website and, and find out more if I really need. But it's not going to put you off. You're not going to pick it up and go, oh, it's some creepy-looking Santa on there with a candy cane. I'm not touching that. Which people were, you yeah, know? Right. And then they drank that beer and it's disgusting anyway. <laughs> so, uh. You just call your own beer disgusting. Uh, Santa's, what was it? What was it called? Santa's cherry sack attack. <laughs> the look on your face—you're not even proud of it at all. You're, you're. No, <laughs> no. It was a good idea—a uh, sour cherry beer. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it sold really well at the bar here. Um, yeah, yeah, I right. yeah, yeah, but I guess that's when like you've already got a captive audience that have bought in. So do you think like if you have people that get to know Dainton through your clean can core range designs, that they'll be more receptive to those sort of like fun? colourful sort of things later on? Yeah, I, look, that's a really good point, for sure. You know, um, if they already sort of know us and there's a bit of security there around the brand and, and the product, definitely. Um, and, you know, um, that, I guess the kind of beers that I would do it with those would be kind of probably less approachable beers, you know. I, I wouldn't mind putting, a, you know, an Imperial Stout or a, a Flanders Red, you know, we've got some red barrels over there. I, I, would, I wouldn't mind doing something fun for those. Uh, but for the core range stuff, you know, it's it's got to be that fine line of you know, um, still having a bit of um, bit of flair without looking drab or mundane as well. So, and it, it's pretty hard hard to do. It's um, there's mm. always that kind of when you're selling beer or selling marketing a brewery, you've got to have a story. But if you have too much story, as as Dave was saying, you've got a, a busy a busy look, and it kind of gets overwhelmed. Yeah, look, I, I think the best marketed anything to have a very simple mm, very yeah. simple story but I mean, also I think like if you're guys if you're going for Danton uh, a Danton family brewing then it sort of plays into it to have those characters mm. through it I think it's, it, I think it'll work it's interesting I, I I guess from from my angle watching your brand change is, is interesting as well um, and uh, the change you've alluded to is yeah 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 look I, I guess in a way it's it kind of has reflected a bit of, you know, my own personal growth as well. You know, like it's probably gone from darker, more gothic, heavy metal kind of crazy characters to probably uh, a little bit more uh, mature and grown up, I guess. So, so but under, underneath still, it's still plenty mad. So you know? you're not listening to heavy metal. What are you listening to then? Um, it's about the recommendations. Let's get to oh that. Oh, mate, look, I've still, <laughs> yeah, I've still got plenty of heavy metal in the collection, <laughs> but it was probably uh, a little bit more opera and classical in the mix uh now, a little yeah. bit more chill in there, yeah. Nice, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's it like working with your dad? Ah, yes, with Kev. Um, challenging, yes. We've done it before. Um, I worked for him. Um, I think he hated that more than I did. I can imagine I was a terrible employee. Um, what was that job? Lack of responsibility on your part, right, Dad? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. yeah. yeah. There's a few <laughs> nights I'd, yeah, anyway. Um, <laughs> Yeah, look, um, sorry, where were we? What, what was that job? That you what was the job? Yeah, so Dad had a computer business back in, in Shepparton and um, I'd go back there and work a couple of days a week when I worked in Melbourne. Um, so, yeah, look, I, I quite enjoyed it. Um, though working together now, it's it's really changed a little bit 
because when we started this, it was really me doing everything. Um, Kev would sort of pay some of the invoices and that and do a little bit of the admin stuff on the back end. Um, but the brewing of the beer, if I was brewing it, or the recipe development and then the sale and then all of the, the marketing stuff, um, that was all started and done mainly by me in the beginning. Then we had a, a sales rep on um, and he helped with a lot of that stuff. And then when we opened up this, it changed again because then it was Kev Salty's business and he's like, all right, well, you know, now I'm here. What am I doing? I was like, I don't want you to do anything. You know, it was like, I was like, this is mine. Get out. Um, and, you know, we kind of went through that for a while as well. And that probably, again, um, coming back to the, the whole responsibility thing, um, I think I'd also allowed myself to allow him to do some more stuff and kind of just said, you know, allowed him to have a little bit of input into it because this whole thing was designed by both of us fighting most of the time about subtly different things uh, and that was very challenging but a lot of that was me going no 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 I, I want it you know and I just had a, a really strong sort of control over it now I'm just Kev's like oh look I want to do this and I'm like mate go for it just um yeah I'm not coming in to rescue you halfway through that so <laughs> he's like all right all right like, um yeah I need some help I'm like, yeah all right all right um it's been a lot better in the last sort of two months you know so has your relationship changed as a result um you know, we're, we've always been very close. I went to live with him um, by myself with my parents um, split up when I was 13, I think. So I lived with him for about five or six years, just the two of us. Um, and look, you know, we were, we were close before that, but, you know, we'd sort of become friends over that time too. So, you know, we have an interesting dynamic and dual roles where we're business partners, father and son, and then also friends at the same time. And that can flip around pretty quickly. Um, and we're both aware of it. To be honest, I'm probably uh, a bit more aware of it and a bit more responsible than he is these days. <laughs> so, you know, it's flipped a little bit. Um, though, look, he, he feels a lot more included now. Um, and, yeah, he knows that I've taken on a lot more responsibility and he can kind of, you know, he can come and do what he needs to do and, and have a bit of fun. And for us, trying to bring some fun back into the whole thing is really where we're at. So... Yeah, it's been challenging, but but really rewarding as well. Sounds pretty positive, yeah. Final question, I think it is. Dave, I do you have any other I've questions? I've got one more. All right, I, go. I won't take the final one, but All I think right. it would be remiss of us. We talked about barrels, and I can see barrels. I think we need to know some sort of plan about the barrels, yeah. Yeah. The moment we're harvesting some pretty sweet air in them. Mm, nice, uh, yeah. Yep. We, um, depending what happens with a few things... We'll either um, install a temperature-controlled room or we'll turn the big cool room into a barrel room. Um, so you can see the size of it. It's size it's very big, yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah. So, look, we do have some plans. Um, I could say that those are the Port Phillip Estate um, barrels. So they've had, I think, a cab sav, I believe, in them. Um, we've got a guy at the moment who's an ex-head um, vintage winemaker, um, from a few places, also an ex-CUB brewer, uh, Matilda Bay brewer. He's doing some QA stuff for us at the moment and writing some SOPs, and he's knows what he's doing, so he's giving them a bit of a, uh, a clean for us and getting them ready. And, yeah, the first beer that we're sort of looking at doing um, when we get the temp-controlled rooms probably be something reddish, something from the Belgian area. So, yeah, look. You, you said Flanders Red earlier in the show, yeah. so you can just say Flanders Red. Uh, did I? Yeah. 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 Okay. It's from Flanders and <laughs> okay. it's going to be red. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's, that's, look, that's what we're looking at doing. Um, it's 
to be honest, it's probably not a massive part of it. Um, but who knows? You know, we get a second brewery in here. Um, for me, getting the 250-litre pilot system up and going um, would be really great to have some exclusive beers here at the tap room. At the moment, we don't, you know, they're just beers that we've got out there, but making this a bit more of an exciting place to visit, you know, with some barreled stuff and barrel leases, you know, we'll have to buy a bottling line for those. I don't really want too many sour beers going into cans. Um, it's okay, but for the bigger ones, I think, you know, bottles still have a bit of romance about them. Um, yeah, I agree so with that, yeah. yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Final question, Luke. Um, are you happy? Yes, I'm now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ask me eight weeks ago. And no, 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 no. Because you look like, like, you know, there's this whole conversation's been about struggles through a lot of different things, and, and you've had a smile on your face the whole time. So. Yeah. Oh, thanks, man. And yeah. I'm not drinking either, so yeah, yeah. it's weird. Oh, can we talk oh, about FebFast? Yeah, we're going to talk about FebFast, yeah. actually, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think... You're, <laughs> feb, you're FebFasting. <laughs> First of all, mm-hmm. let's talk about FebFast for a second. What, what is FebFast? Well, it's 28 days of not drinking, um, and I've... Basically had two days of drinking already in Feb, but... Um, so you failed. I've yeah. Completely, <laughs> completely <laughs> failed. One was a fairly uh, significant meeting in which I kind of had to drink beer, so we'll just scratch that one. But yeah, I think yeah. the idea the idea for me was just to go, all right, look, I just need a month off drinking or as close to as I can. It's been a massive year and also Christmas. And I was just... I found myself, I was getting a bit grumpy and a bit intolerant. I was so tired, like I'd been doing some massive hours. I'm like... I just need a bit of a health kick. Just need some time off off the beer and and wine. How hard um, is that when you run or operate a brewery? <laughs> um, it to be honest, it's it's not that hard. Um, you just make your mind up and you do it. You know, if you're serious about it. Um, it look, like I said, there was a meeting where I, I probably really did need to drink beer and I had a couple of sips. Though um, most of the time, it's like, look, I'm not hopefully not dying tomorrow, and there'll be a few more beers to drink in the future, so I can wait it out. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Got, like health is important, isn't it? You've got to look after your health. Yeah, you do. You you really do. You know, like that's the, the one thing. You know, you start stuffing around with that too much. Um, and, you know, look, we are looking at uh, developing an even lower ABV beer as well, um, which is actually part of a separate project that I'm looking at. But, you know, that's, um, again, it's going to be about being a responsible person. And, yeah, it'll be a little bit of a, a charity that's involved oh, with cool. it as well. Awesome. So, yeah. yeah. Let's um, keep that mum and then when you're... Uh do it we'll uh, come back and talk about it yeah yeah that'd be great be awesome all right let's uh wrap that up and then we'll come back and do some recommendations sounds fine dan like all of our guests we haven't actually told you that we do recommendations surely you remember that from two years ago yeah (laughs) Uh, i mean also i haven't thought of any so we're in the same position so yeah all right (laughs) um let's take a break Welcome back. Uh, we've just got our another beer, mm-hmm. California Common. Correct. Can you tell us a quick snippet about the California Common? Oh, uh, you know, I could. If I knew anything about what went into this beer, we use <laughs> Vienna Base and uh, Northern Brewer hops. Um, yeah, using. Do you have a, a Northern Brewer or US Northern Brewer? Um, I'm pretty sure that they're. Pretty sure that I have no idea, and okay, I've just been making okay. it up. Yeah, so okay. yeah, I'll just go with that. Yeah, um, yeah. So I don't know, to be honest. Hey, that's a good uh, responsibility taken by admitting <laughs> that you don't know which one it is. Yeah, yeah. Just it's being great, isn't it? Admitting yeah. the fault. Yep, it was uh, one of those beers. I just had the idea for it. And I was like, Matt, I think we should brew this. He's like, Oh yeah, have you got a recipe? I'm like, Nah. He's like, 
right, should I do it? I'm like, yep, okay. Um, can I do a pilot? No. I need it in three weeks. He's like, I hate you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's um, he basically just spelled it straight out, and um, it's it's yeah one of his uh, soul soul recipes, and I, I really love it. I think it's um, just got a nice gentle malt character to it. Um, it's not overstated in any way, and it's just a real different kind of beer. You know, not one that I would normally associate with how I brew beers. Like I would have overhopped the crap out of it, and you know it would have been eight percent, but. Um, I'm really happy with with it. So, it's yeah. kind of uh, amber compared to a lot of California comments that I've seen. Yeah, I reckon it's about the exact same color as Anchor Steam, though, which you know to me is a, the original one. Mm, so fair enough. Yeah. 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 Actually, I, I had a Brooklyn Lager the other night, really similar color to that as well. Um, yeah. That's a Vienna Lager style. That's a great so it's got beer. That kind of yeah. Mm. I paid thirteen dollars for a fucking four seventy five. No. It was in an outdoor cinema, so like you're gonna get paid. Yeah, okay, but but it was brewed at Coopers. Coopers, the same taps, nine dollars. I'm like, fuck, the ingredients can't be that much difference for a four dollars over the bar difference. Yeah, that's crazy. Anyway, that's beside the point. It was nice. How was the movie? Oh well, hold tight to the recommendations. We just lead into the recommendations, and I'll just do that. Fair enough. Uh, So my first recommendation is gonna be a non non beer, Uh, and it was the movie that I saw uh, called Sing Sing Street. Mm-hmm. I think it's an Irish movie about a, a kid going to school and starting a band um, in the 80s. Really fun. A lot of fun. Uh, the the Kind of the tagline was for brothers everywhere. So it's kind of a family movie, teenage movie, a lot of fun, really good music. Um, really nice story and some hilarious stuff. Cool. Sing Street, Where it is out. it um, I think it's already been past its film run. Yeah. In the, in the cinema, but I'm sure you could download it off an iTunes. Um, One of those sort of services. It. If it pops yeah. up anywhere, I it was so much fun. Really good movie. Yeah, right. Did it have Killian Murphy in it? Because he's in everything Irish. No, he wasn't. He wasn't in it. There was um, sad, sad. The lady who was in. I can't remember the, mo- yeah. the thing. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sing Street. Check it out. Good recommendation. Oh. Dan. Yeah, yeah, all right. Well, I'll jump on to my uh, non-beer one. Um, before I got here, I was watching a little bit of Netflix and came across a show called Travelers, and I'm a big sci-fi fan from way back. Love it. And, um, yeah, British uh, show about, uh, yes, people come back through time, and uh, it just looks really well shot, really well acted. I haven't even really gotten to the plot yet, but it just looks Awesome! I'm no, but super if it's like excited. if it's exciting and fun enough that you've just started watching it and you want to recommend it, that's yeah. fun, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, about twenty yeah. minutes in, and I'm the whole time I've been here, like I've just been on autopilot, going, I'm going back to watch Travelers. So, <laughs> I started a Netflix sci-fi show and I'm not enjoying it, so I'm going to switch. Which one? I can't remember what it was called. There's space involved. Yeah, uh, it looked good, but it just didn't take. Nah, okay. Yeah, so I'm going to I'm going to switch. Maybe Ascension. They're in, what sp- they're in a spaceship. They get abandoned and hijacked by pirates or something. Space pirates. Guy, there's a guy wearing a trilby involved, and that made me uncomfortable, or a, a fedora. It was a bit weird. Anyway. Was that yeah. the name of the show, <laughs> Space Pirates? Or were you just like trying to get more information out space of it? Space yeah. Pirates. Yeah, no, I'd never heard of Space oh, okay, Pirates. Yeah. But yeah. I'm going to check Travelers. Say. Travelers, yeah, Travelers, right. yeah. It's in ultra uh, 4K high Ooh. definition as well on Netflix, so... You got a flash TV. That is extra. I do have flash TV. Yeah, it is doing well. Then. That is extra good. Yeah. <laughs> like, when I started watching Narcos, 
like some of the like establishing shots are all shots so beautiful that I was just in because it looked so good of like this rural Colombia and that sort of stuff. So also a good show. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, here's my non-beer recommendation. Uh, pay attention because I'm going to tell you how that I cook my uh, most perfect accessible chicken, and it's a different uh, method. So I love it. Get your pens, get your pads out, press pause if you have to. Uh, it's sort of like half baked, half poached. If you're going to do chicken breasts, difficult if you're going to be baking chicken breasts because they often turn out dry and uh, not fun because they're so lean. Um, but if you grease your pan or ramekin or whatever you bake it in with butter all the way over, then you grease um, baking paper with butter as well and then you tuck the chicken in like a second skin basically but like you're tucking so you it in, in bed baking paper over top over the top but yep. you tuck it into the pan and yep. you tuck it into the chicken uh, you spice it as you want but bake that on 200 for about 40 odd minutes and you've got juicy tender chicken that I'd make for lunches all week that you microwave and it's delicious love it yeah so you're essentially like just making a little like butter Make home for it. Making like, yeah, a little butter home for it. And it's oh. sort of, it's probably po- poaching more than it is anything else. The actual yeah. cooking of the chicken because the butter's doing that sort of work. But you do it in the oven and it's easy and it's quick uh, and it's delicious. What do you, what do you like, you put it with a salad or what's your... I uh, also roast vegetables with it and have it like that, but yeah. That ah, sounds so pretty good. But it's versatile, so do what you want with it, yeah. Where did you come up with this? Is a day? No, I found it online somewhere. Yeah, don't know where. But um, that's the best, like the best, easiest way of making chicken. It's not awful when you reheat it. Healthy too, mate. Like yeah, just a lot of butter involved. Eight kilos of butter (laughs) per chicken. Yeah, well, a lot of that butter comes out in the pan afterwards. So um, butter isn't unhealthy. You can drink that. Yeah. And it's delicious. Yeah, and it's fantastic. Neither is beer. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Beer is about you you know that beer is about ninety three ninety five. 5% 5% water mm. and then about the rest of that percentage is poison yeah so yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I actually I think had, that, had that thought last night while I was drinking whiskey was getting drunk is just about taking the right amounts of small doses yeah. of poison to keep yourself lucid enough to enjoy it I always like it's stuck with me um, James Smith from the Crafty Pints quote last time we spoke to him Mike his pitch about craft beer was our poison is better than your poison. Yeah. <laughs> That's just, I don't know, it just sort of stuck with me. Yep. Beer recommendation. I'll go first? Uh, yeah, do that. I want to remember what I thought of. I don't oh know yeah. if we've recommended this yet, uh, but we've drunk a lot of it. I know, Dave, you've drunk a lot of it. Ooh, uh, Mornington Peninsula Hop Culture Ooh. in the can. How, how has this not been a recommendation so I don't know far? if it has. Okay, I don't yeah. think it has. Uh, it's delicious. Mm. And I think every time I've had it, every subsequent batch has been better. It's tasting so good. And really. it's one of those, like... Um, Value pick cases it's if you sixteen dollars yeah. for four, I think, at, at the place I get it, and delicious. Yeah, really, really good. Real what is it uh, session IPA? Or session yeah, IPA, like yeah. Four point seven, I think. Um, very clean. Very. What did you did you find out what the hops used were? Oh, I looked it up before. I can't remember. Yeah, um, but really stone fruity and and lovely. Yeah, yeah, really it's good. A winner. Great one, right, Dan? Um, yeah, I was going to say uh, Aldi ginger beer because uh, that's what I've been drinking. But look, I will uh, skip over that one and go. So no FebFast recommendations. Let's yeah, uh, yeah, a real beer. Thank okay. you. Um, yeah, I want to mention um, one of the local brewers around here, Mr. Banks. Um, we've had some of his beer on here before. Um, the pale has been cracking. One that's been a mainstay for us on the taps is his oatmeal stout. 
Um, so yeah, he's out in the bat a little bit. He's got a little cast canning line as well. So yeah, yeah, um, I've seen some cans around. I'll yeah, pick them up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so he's almost out. It's been a real, real, real popular one here. We we have a guest tap or two on. So yeah, I'd keep an eye out for that. He's top bloke too. So that's good. I've heard really good things about his brown ale. Uh, I haven't tried it yet, but um, that's the, apparently the one that. People yeah, right. Are, are How does an oatmeal stout go on a venue like this? Surprisingly well. You know, you get a lot of people come in just to want to drink a stout, and uh, we haven't had one on for a few months now. So, yeah, it's, it's it does well. Like, you know, compared to a pale or, or the draft that we've got on. Um, and, you know, I say draft with a grain of salt. It's a German pilsner. But, you know, people people like to come in and see a draft up there, and they're like, oh, draft, yeah, yeah, I can drink here now. That's cool. Um, so, yeah, it, it does it does well. It's got a place. So. That's a good one. All right. That's a good recommendation. Mine's going to be um, uh, perennial friends of the show and uh, recommendees. Hop Nation. We were there yesterday. Uh, Another Hop Nation beer. Yeah. Ah, right. That La Jeunette was pretty goddamn delicious. La Jeunesse? La Jeunesse. La Jeunesse, I think it was. Yeah. You yeah, guys didn't bring me any. It's just terrible. It's only on tap. Yeah. Unfortunate. Really good. You can carry me there. <laughs> but it's a barrel-aged just red. Is that what's... Uh, yeah. yeah. They're calling it Flanders Red Style. It's kind of a red beer. Yeah. In, uh, I think Bordeaux. Ex-Bordeaux barrels. Something like that, yeah. But it is fantastic. There were multiple pots of it. It's, it's like a barrel-aged sour red is like one of those beers that you wouldn't be annoyed if you had one of it and then moved on to other things. But you could really drink a few of these. Yeah. And it was... Um, and it was... Reasonably priced as well, like eight dollars a pot, something like that. Yeah, for a, for a barrel aged. And I think that beer. was the one. Uh, oh no, that wasn't that one. But um, it was quite tart, quite sour, refreshing. It was really delicious. So if anyone's ever near um, Footscray and Hop Nation, I can wholeheartedly recommend dropping in for pretty much everything on tap, but in particular the Lajeunesse. Yeah. Uh, if you're there next Friday, I'll be pouring your beer. Ooh, Doing hello. A bit of yeah. a sneaky shift there. Looking forward to it. Fun place to do a yeah. do a shift to tour. I thought, yeah. yeah. Um, Dan, if we wanted to find you on the internet, yes. How would we do that? Facebook, Dainton Family Brewery. Um, website, daintonbrewing.com.au. <laughs> uh, if you type in Dainton into uh, Google and go down to forty seventh page, will pop up. Yeah. I think, um, I think now on Facebook that yeah. uh, businesses can get a f- star rating from people. So jump on the Dainton yeah. and um, give them a good rating. Give them an honest rating. Yeah. You know, you don't want to give them five off the bat. Yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe come down first and, um, you know, throw a few. Uh, maybe check the ratings out, see what it sounds like, then come yeah. down and see for yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah if, if we're under, uh, under two stars, I'd... I, w- I wouldn't, yeah. In fact, <laughs> I won't drink a coffee from a place that's under four and a half. So, um, you know. It's tough these days, isn't it? In this, it this is. modern world of ratings. It's very hard. Um, what about you, Luke? Well, first up, rate us on iTunes. Yep, please. Uh, and an honest rating. So, would it be a five? Yeah. Sure. Um, I'll be, I'll be rating like, them. I mean, we want honest ratings, but you can't do six. You could do two ratings of three, though. That would add up to six. <laughs> so, that's Good fine. point. Good don't, point. Don't do that, listeners. Yeah. <laughs> um, at Isle of a Time on Twitter. At Isle of a Time on Instagram, Snapchat, same thing. Is Snapchat surviving? Oh, I'm still just using it for direct messaging. Mostly Will from Crafty Pint, basically. Right, okay. A lot of hip-hop recommendations bouncing. Fair enough. Yeah, I can, I can, I can um, see that. Yeah, rate us on iTunes. Dave, what about you? Uh, Melb, Dave uh, on Twitter and Instagram. Um, 
send us an email if you've got any news from outside Melbourne or something we've missed perhaps or if you want to give us some direct and honest feedback like stop eating pizzas on mic perhaps that would be um, relevant I guess yep. uh, Dave at aleofatime.com um, or if you want to just go directly to Luke it'll be Luke at aleofatime.com um, let us know something I don't know give me something in my inbox I don't know <laughs> <laughs>